We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted, the film show. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Good afternoon or morning or evening or Christmas or Easter or wherever you might be. Um, sorry, I've got it. I've got it. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. I'm Cecilia in the studio. I'm Rachel. Is Rachel who um, had a bit of a technical moment just prior to the show beginning. Let's, she goes, let's fully be honest here, okay? I asked you to turn up the headphones because I couldn't hear anything. And I'm like, can you turn them up more? I still can't hear anything. <laughs> you know what was wrong? I hadn't plugged in my headphones. <laughs> That'll be why. That will be the reason why you... It's only um, been three weeks and I can't even figure out how to, like, put headphones in. There we go. I can hear everything good. now. Good. But it has been three weeks because you've been off doing some really cool stuff. I did. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to hear all about it. Apart from last week. Last week was not cool. Not cool. But um, prior to that... Prior to that. It was cool. Just, just a heads up, everybody. If you travel, you might get COVID. <laughs> it's a strong possibility. <sighs> My godfather. Especially if you were at events where there's lots of people, which mm. we were at a couple on a couple of occasions. I knew I forgot something, and it was the list of comedians we went to see while we were there, because they will hopefully eventually have some shows coming to to town. But that's all right. I might uh, find their names next week and and bring them in. But um, yeah. Chris and I and, and Bryce went to, to Melbourne and Bendigo and Echuca on holidays um, and Bryce then went home with my mum and we stayed on for the F1. But one of the things I talked about before I left about being really excited for and which I've posted some photos and videos up on our Facebook page um, is we went to Echuca, which is um, quite a cute little town like on the Murray River. Basically, Ooh. you can cross the river and be in New South Wales. Yeah. Um, and it's got a paddle steamer, which we went on, which was awesome. And then they've got – they've kept it very um, – it, it's clearly – organised for tourists, like mm-hmm. it's got expensive shoe shops. Yes, I bought some shoes and dress shops. Yes, my mum bought a dress. <laughs> um, and then it's got, you know, your, your lolly shop and all those kind of things, um, some nice little eateries and whatever. But they've kept it very period looking, mm. um, so which is rather cool. Uh, and we went into a little penny arcade and it was quite little it was smaller than I thought it was but there's like a lolly shop and you go in and it's cheap as chips it was like 10 bucks to get 13 pennies these actual real old school pennies and you can go in and play the actual games so some of these are from like you know 1900s or whatever so they've got um they had uh, they had like a golf game and then they had, you know, foosball. They had like a really early version of that. It was terrible, but, you know, um, Bryce and Chris played that one. Uh, and then they had another one that involved like there was air blowing and you had to adjust like the amount of air that was blowing and the direction the air was blowing so that it could blow the ball into like certain slots right and Bryce played it quite a few times and he was extraordinarily good um so there was that and then they had like um the you've seen big right where they um he's like I want to be big and he goes and you know there's that fortune teller penny thing I feel like if big is a kid's movie which I think it is then I Tom Hanks oh big I is there oh no big hero six I'm thinking of big yeah. um with Tom Hanks yes. I I feel like I've seen bits and pieces on TV when it's so been on the premise is he goes to a, a um like you know a pier that's got all the 
the um, arcadey type yes. things and there's an old school fortune teller thing and you put a coin in it and it spits out a fortune and you make a wish or whatever. <laughs> so it had one of those. So we got a few different fortunes that popped out, which were kind of cool. And then it had like peep shows as well. Oh. So Bryce didn't look at those ones. He was what? also not tall enough. <laughs> I looked at them. <laughs> Lovely little pictures. Um, and then they had this really cool one where um, you crank the wheel and it's got these pictures that have been taken in succession and mm-hmm. um, you crank it and you kind of watch a little mini silent movie. Oh, it's, cool. it's a really what? short silent movie, but it's still really cool. And so if you're ever going to Victoria and you feel like, I think it's about a four hour drive from Melbourne, um, but we were in Bendigo, so it was only like an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, a is, it's it's got lots of stuff to do. It's Sounds it's very cool. Very cool indeed. Yeah. And then um, went to the, the F1 uh, with lots and lots of people, went to a few comedy shows. Uh, there was even a joke made at one of the comedy shows that it was a super spreader event. Oh, dear. And it was. And I'm like, potentially, don't make was. that joke, mate. <laughs> and then we came home and tested positive. So, um, yeah, that last week was not as fun. But... Um, yeah, the F1 was good. I'm I'm wearing all my gear. I've got the jumper on. The adrenaline. Got, yeah, I've got my um my Sainz top on, my Carlos Sainz top, even though, you know, he had a really bad race. Um, but anyway, so I've done some stuff. You have. Which it was good. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never been to – I mean, I've done like Speedway, but I think that's different to F1, isn't it? Very yeah. different. Yeah. Probably. I think Speedway is like – V8 cars and stuff, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's just it, – and it's the dirt tracks that they're oh, driving around. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's more – and I, I don't like to use the word amateur because it's probably not, but it's not a professional um, – I think there is professional speedway, yeah. but the ones I've seen have all been quite amateur. But, oh, look, um, I have no idea and I've only gotten into F1 in the last, like, five years, so mm. um, I don't know as much as other people. So, uh, yeah. You've been to, to it. <laughs> I was going to say to a game then, but not a game. You've been honestly, to an event, was, so that's pretty big. It was really, really exciting. We, like, ran in to try and see the drivers and, like, I'm short, so I didn't – I saw snippets of them, um, but they were, like, talking to the, the guy on the on the walkway. I guess it's called the Melbourne Walk where they walk. Basically, everyone has to get to work mm-hmm. and that they have to walk through this, this area – at um, Albert Park to get to their pits and everything. So there's like little interviews. So it was really cool to like hear the interviews and stuff. But Getting um, prepped for the race. Yeah, but Formula One drivers are relatively short, um, oh. so they're hard to see. So Is that a thing, is it? They're just well, short? I mean, they have to be they're relatively fitting. small and skinny to fit into these tiny little cars. Um, I think the sh- tallest guy might be 170 something centimetres yeah. uh, and the shortest guy uh, Yuki Sonoda he is my height so oh. I was like yeah so he's short basically Shorter. very Shorty, short short um but yeah it was rather cool so Jeremy Renner Jeremy Renner yes let's completely move off um holiday topics because I won't be having one for a very long time now <laughs> um have you had an opportunity to watch any of the recent interview that he did with Diane Sawyer or, or Jimmy Kimmel? No, I, I haven't seen a lot of his stuff. I think I was turned off a few years ago when I watched some of his interviews with um, some journalists and he was quite rude. Jeremy few- Renner? Yeah. Um, As in like Hawkeye? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a few years ago there was some... Um, snippets of an interview that circulated and look I should really give people the benefit this is why I haven't seen any but I should give people the benefit of the doubt but it circulated he was quite rude I didn't appreciate the way he had spoken to this particular person and then erupted was oh yes this person's rude on set this person's rude so there was those kind of rumors that were going around really but as you know in that industry we have to be really careful with um, things like that, and you know, again, he could have just been having a bad day in or this particular bad days. interview. I don't know, so yeah, I, I kind of stayed away from most of his stuff for a long time, even um, after his accident. I, I have, um, I mean, I've been keeping you know yeah. tabs on things. I see you know little snippets of him, you know. I suppose doing well, with but... with Lewis on the show having a Marvel. Um, yeah fanatic on the show means that you've got no choice but to be you know part of it updated with this sort of stuff but look I mean I think um 
yeah, apart from that, so I really probably should step back in and, and make sure oh. that. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear. What's, what's been going on with Renner? Well, so he had that accident back in on the 1st of January. Mm, quite severe. Really severe. Mm. Um, so if, if you're not aware, he basically um, got run over by a snowmobile. And so for some reason, the way I pictured it was this little, like if you, you watch The Simpsons, right, and yep. they have like little that episode where they both got snowmobiles and they were like relatively small. This is like a tractor looking thing that he, um, you know, got driven over because it was his nephew was like in front of it and he had to try and see where he was. So he stepped out of the vehicle and then he went to jump back in to to stop it because otherwise his nephew would have been crushed between that vehicle and a truck. Mm. I I don't fully understand the... the, um, logistics of it but he's like stood on the thing and then it's continued going and then basically he's gone under it and it crushed him so um 35 ish bones he broke in the end um and it's only later that he found out that you know people were sort of calling other friends going yeah "Yeah, i think he's gonna die mate Mm. um but he talks about really how lucky he was like sure he broke ribs he punctured a lung you know punctured his liver and like lots of stuff and he's he's walking around he had to learn to you know he's done lots of physio and everything to Mm. to walk and stuff like that but you know it missed his spine and it missed all the vital organs um sure his eyeball popped out of its socket um but the way you said that so calmly then <laughs> but it didn't crush his brain well the thing is when he does this the recent interview with Jimmy Kimmel he does he's very like sure, matter of fact eye. about yes. about the fact that yeah one eye could see the other one which is not normal oh my goodness that's <laughs> not normal <laughs> So, um, oh my god, yeah, but it was just it was really interesting to watch um, the interviews and have I don't know, maybe he was a, a dick in the past, I don't know, but I mean, he yeah. certainly has humbled because he's like, you know, I remember the fact that my nephew has just sit there and watch for 45 minutes before I got flown away, and you know, oh my whole gosh. family worrying about me and and all this sort of stuff. And um, he jokes that it's a all a ploy because he's got a show coming up on Disney Plus, um, which is called Renovations. I have seen that plastered up there. Uh, yeah. So I think it starts shortly, and he has over the last quite a few years. Basically, he spends his money on um, things like fire trucks and and stuff like that, renovates them and donates them. Mm-hmm. So he talked about how he'd bought a, a, a fire truck and they decked it out for kids' parties. So, like, Aww, they put a slide geez. on it and they took out, like, seats and there's, yeah. like, slushy machines and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so this renovations episode, I think, he, a TV show, he brings in his, his Marvel mates. This is an episode where, um, you know, he's got the Falcon on there whose name is escaping me, and that's really annoying. Um, I feel like I know. Is it Anthony yes. Mackie? Anthony Mackie, thank you very much. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he got him on. And, and so he does seem to do a lot of charity work mm-hmm. in the background, and so this show is kind of showing that that's the stuff he's doing. So be interesting to watch it. But, um, geez, he's walking with a cane, and he, he's counting wow, some, himself very, very lucky, really. Yeah. And when you think about it, Sure, he, it was a pretty serious accident. And, yeah. and when you watch, like, the Diane Sawyer um, interview, they did, like, an animation to show exactly what happened. And I'm like, oh, that's that's full on, that stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's he's very, very lucky to still be alive. So. Oh, my goodness. I Yeah, I mean, despite what I've said previously, you know, I think it sounds like he's doing some good stuff with his renovation show. Yeah. And, um, yeah, clearly got a new lease on life, which I think anyone would after it. Or some people go the opposite. Some people um, go, just get completely depressed and yeah. um, have, pro- you know, pro- and I'm sure he's got a bit well, of post-traumatic stress, but it, yeah. it seems like he's trying to deal with that. So. I think he can definitely go one of two ways. You yeah. do. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I would go after that. I'd be like, you know, my life sucks. My my legs are rubbish now. You're tearing me apart. <laughs> You're tearing um, me apart, Lisa. Lisa. Yes, um, but anyway, on that note, 
we might take a, a break and pop back after this. Sounds good. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Now, I consider myself a bit of a horror fan. Sorry. Yep. We all know this, right? Um, <laughs> you know how um, we've got ADHD? Yes. Yeah. You know, do, Sometimes when people <laughs> say something, my brain automatically comes up with the song. Oh, yeah. Consider yourself yeah. at home. <laughs> anyway, moving on. That's okay. I had two very ADHD-like incidents. See, this is me going off on a tangent. But, um, <laughs> I had been asked a very simple question and it took me about 35 minutes to get to the point because I had to tell an entire story. Right. Um, yeah. And I did it twice in one day and I just feel so sorry for the people who ask me these questions. They just want a simple answer, but i got to tell them a story to get there first. Um, it's okay. I get you. I feel like I have to explain everything. I don't know why. It's just like... Oh, I've, I'm fully like that as well. Brain is like going so like this person must know exactly why this happened uh-huh. and um yeah very very and strange. explain everything away just in case they think maybe when they walk away they're going to think I'm a bad person for doing something but I'm really not a bad person I just have to explain you know and I'm sorry that I said that um sentence before like five years ago you know what I did I apologize to yeah talk about tangents when I was in Melbourne so we've got lots of family friends there and everything mm. and lots of people do this not just people with ADHD but you're Hold on to memories that have occurred and you're like, you feel bad about them. Um, so 30 years ago, um, we stayed at a family friend's house and they had their alarm set, but only for the lower half of the house, not the upper oh. half of the house. So I couldn't fall asleep upstairs. So I decided to go downstairs and sleep on the couch. This set the alarm off. And Ron's running down the stairs like in his PJs, half asleep, running to turn off the alarm. And I felt horrible. I'm like, oh, my God, he's just trying to get asleep. And and I've turned the alarm on. And I was like 10. Um, And I apologised to him when I saw him in Melbourne. That's all you could think about. He's probably forgotten He's like, oh, no, he has no idea. He can't remember. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, totally been thinking about that for 30 years. So sorry. Keeps you awake at night. <laughs> well, no, I'm allowed to let it go now because Good. I've apologised. You, you finally let it go. Aren't after brain all those stupid? Years. I know yep. they are so stupid. Horror but movies. Back to horror films. Um, Lewis and I reviewed uh, The Pope's Exorcist last week as a horror film, and uh, we were talking about the fact that there's two horror films on Monday. So we obviously get invited to media previews to you know see these films so that we can review them. Um, hopefully before they come out to get a little bit of buzz going or not, um, <laughs> not, not good. Um, but I got two media screenings uh, on a Monday and I often don't go to Mondays because I work quite late and I don't know why I'm explaining this because they don't need, people don't need to. No, I can't do Mondays um, either because I always have training. But again, needing to explain ourselves. Occasionally I'll make an exception if it's a film that I really want to see. And the the one that I've been invited to, well, there were two. One is called uh, Evil Dead, so it's the new Evil Dead film. Uh, And the other one is a film called Bo is Afraid. Now, Bo is Afraid is a film by uh, Ari Aster, who is, uh, came onto the scene a few years ago with film, uh, with the film Hereditary, uh, starring Tony Collette, and then later a film called Midsummer, starring Florence Pew. Which just is a mental... Yeah. These films are, they're almost it's hard to kind of categorise them as horrors because they're more... It's a panic attack on screen. It really is a panic attack. They're very, very um, what's the... Unsettling. They really unsettle you. Some of the things that you see in these films and I feel like the films are old enough to share spoilers now. Yeah. I I would hope. Um, But Hereditary has the the scene with the young girl who gets decapitated uh, quite... Grossly. That wasn't even the worst part. I feel like the worst part was Tony Collette climbing upside down on a ceiling so with her head I. twisted around. And then later cutting her own head off. Yes, oh my God, I completely wire. forgot about that. Um, I feel like I blocked out that trauma. I remember sitting in the cinema watching this film and there was so much hype about it 
going into it and I was so excited to see it. And it's a very long film. Both uh, – or all his films tend to be quite long, about three hours or 2.40. Just wants to make sure he traumatises you does. completely. But I remember the very – I think that the final chapter of Hereditary, it's quite dark. The mm. house goes really dark and, yeah, you don't know where Tony Collette's character is. She's, you know, the mum of the she family. She might be behind you. And I remember just sitting there going, I don't think I can take much more of this and wanting to actually walk out of the cinema at one point. Uh, but I remember being traumatised and I thought, you know what, I'm going to still give Midsummer a go. And the beauty with Midsummer is that Ari Aster manages to make you feel uncomfortable even though 99% of the film is in broad daylight. There's yep. only one scene where it's dark and it's probably a minute long. The rest is set in broad daylight. But the, the from the start of that film, um, the, I find the first scene quite horrific. Uh, she walks oh, into yep. her home to find that her entire family is dead uh, and she's got these troubles with her boyfriend and they decide to go over to a Sweden uh, to enjoy midsummer and uh, things just go... They kind of... For, meet a cult like um, community who have some incredibly weird folk-like traditions. Which Um, they believe um, there's nothing wrong with because when you're in a cult, you don't know you're in a cult. Exactly. Uh, And things just go crazy. Look, I mean, the thing, the beauty of that movie is that there are some elements, some, not all, um, that you can sort of understand mm-hmm. the logic of. Yeah. Like, you know, once you get to a certain age, maybe it's time to shuffle off the mortal coil mm-hmm. um, so you don't end up, you know, suffering through illness or whatever. But, you know, the way they shuffle off the mortal coil is to shuffle off a cliff. <laughs> That scene is incredibly disturbing. That is full on. And I don't know, so I didn't realise there was a normal version and a director's cut version. So I watched the director's cut version. So I don't know whether what I saw was even gorier than what you originally saw, but there was a lot of facial, like, Mm. brokenness. (laughs) I, I seen the cinema release. Um, it was very long, but I wonder if it was the director's cut or not. So I don't know, maybe not. But mm. I'm not prepared to go back and find out. I no, no, I no. I films. can't watch that movie again either. Um, again, and, you know, the new film, Bo is Afraid, is uh, his new film starring um, Joaquin Phoenix. And the synopsis is following the sudden death of his mother, a mild-mannered but anxiety-ridden man, sorry, confronts his darkest fears as he embarks on an epic odyssey back home. Now, that's incredibly ambiguous. I have no idea what the plot of this film really is, but you look at the cover of the film and there's uh, four people, uh, all clearly the same person. One Mm. is a young boy, one is a kind of middle-aged man, one, you know, more middle-aged, I suppose, and then getting a much older. older man. So, yeah, getting older. Scary Santa-looking dude. Exactly. So I don't know if I will watch this film based on my previous experience with the other films. What are you thinking? Uh, well, I watched the trailer and I I noped the trailer. <laughs> nope. Because <laughs> um, I was disturbed just watching the trailer. Um, oh, it's got Nathan Lane in it. I didn't even realise he was in it. Um, but yeah, it's still not enough to, yeah. to, but see, there might come a time where I decide to watch it, but on my little tiny phone. Where it's less scary. Where it's less scary, but it's not that it's less, it's just, it's so creepy, the stuff he comes up with. It's such a psychological mind um, F. <laughs> yeah, yeah. without saying that word. It, it, it's so unsettling, some of the things, and disturbing. That's what bothers me about the films. They're not scary. They don't make me think, oh, my gosh, something's going to grab me in the night and take mm. me away. It's just a lot of the stuff is so realistic and, you know, I just think so, yeah, disturbing that I just never thought I'd be this adverse to seeing a horror film. <laughs> yeah, because you like a horror movie. I do. But, you know, you kind of like... Not necessarily fun horror movies, mm. but like horror movies that are not going to 
like cause you to have an existential dread. Yeah. And I think for the most part, I, I've never been, you know, you throw anything at me and I'll watch it. But yeah, this, I'm, I just don't think I can do it. So I might need to uh, prep myself up for it before I eventually go. But Well, um, there was a time where I decided I wasn't watching any more horror movies after watching um, the Australian horror movie, um, the... The book. Oh, the Babadook. Babadook. Yep, yep, yep. Can't even get it out. Yeah. So I went for quite a long stretch without seeing any kind of horror movies because I was like, well, if this is the direction that horror is taking where it's causing you to have a mental breakdown, I don't know that I want to do that. Yeah, I kind of, as I'm ageing, I am slowly starting to watch films and go I don't need to see this in my I want to protect my my mental well-being particularly when it comes to violence I Mm. think that for me it's like I feel like the violence is enough in the world do I really want to keep watching this well this is why I don't watch the news yeah so well that's not the reason I stopped watching when Trump was elected that's in 2016 just Mm. because I hated his voice and I just haven't gone back so, well, there you go. But, yeah, I think slowly I'm I'm kind of, um, yeah, moving away from the old horror, which is sad to say. But, uh, yeah, I think I don't know if I, w- I can put myself through it anymore. It's not as fun as it used to be. Uh, <laughs> isn't that? Horror is not just as not as fun, fun as it, it used, used to be. be. Uh, mind you, though, The Pope's Exorcist was uh, a bit of a fun ride. So I really enjoyed Russell Crowe. kind of what you want, isn't it? What yeah. was – I watched a really great – oh, yeah, that's right. Um, Stephen King's – Sun, um, oh, the, the black, black phone. phone. Brilliant. That, that is mm. really a brilliant and well-made film, um, especially the way things kind of come together at the end, which we'll discuss off air. Because if you haven't seen it and you like horror mm-hmm. movies, it's a really it's unsettling. Yeah. Don't don't you know? Don't go in there not ex- expecting it to be like a a scream kind of movie. It is really unsettling. Mm but not in the same way as, as you know, Ari Aster's stuff. And yeah. I think as well it felt like obviously Stephen King's son has written it so it's probably going to have some elements of his dad yeah, it's his in there. And it's so I really felt Stephen King's influence in, in the film and this was before I realised who was behind, um, you know, the writing of, of the yes. original book or st- short story, whatever it was. But, yeah, I was watching it going, this feels really Stephen King-ish. Yeah. Um, and then things made sense. And so. the beauty with that film as well, it, it manages to be combine a little bit of like a spiritual yeah. um, storyline woven in without being too uh, cliche and yeah. too like, oh, that's so unrealistic kind of. Yeah. It, it, I liked it and I liked yeah, I won't. I don't want to spoil it too much, but um, yeah, you the, kind the of the payoffs for certain things. Yeah, are, yeah. are really good. It's definitely one of the better horror films I've seen in the last few years, for sure. Yeah, um, so I do. I do encourage people to watch that one. That's um, I think now streaming, which is yeah. I, I watched it streaming, um, and I think something else that might be streaming. Um, I should probably check before I say that is she said, which is a movie that I missed last year, but it is based on the true. story story of uh, the two journalists who exposed or helped to expose um, uh, his last name starts with a W. Um, Juan, I, I don't need to say his name. Oh, sorry, dirty little ma- name out of my mouth. Um, but anyway, it's it is based on on them uncovering some some information and. Um, I heard an interview with one of the victims and one of the journalists recently on a podcast and so it was really interesting to see what they were talking about when I saw the actual movie. Now, granted, I saw it on a plane so it's not the best avenue to watch something on um, but I still really enjoyed it and thought it was really interesting and it's the first time they've ever used um, the actual New York Post or it was the New York Post, wasn't it? Or the New Yorker? Yes. I always get them confused. Ooh. I'm going to say the New York Post. I'm going to say the New York Post. Okay. So anyway, whichever one it was, it's the first time they've ever actually filmed within 
the actual where, where the, the people work That's full cool. stop. Um, they also had Ashley jo- Judd in the film playing herself. The New York Times. My New York apologies. Times. <laughs> Not the New Yorker or the New York Post. But anyway, um, so it was really interesting to see Ashley Judd kind of telling her own story as herself. Wow. And then um, Gwyneth Paltrow's voice is also used. She... Um, as herself, so she plays herself with her own voice, which I thought was really interesting. Huh. And, and I think the thing I like about true or movies based on true stories is you can go back and have a look at the connections and find out more, and you get more interested. And um, I think there was some stuff about wine. There's been stuff about Weinstein way prior to when they uncovered it, but it was kind of quashed. Yes. So. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely an interesting watch. On my flight to Melbourne, so I'm a bit of an anxious flyer. Um, so I was trying to find something that would, you know, that I could watch because I'm like, oh, I've got so many things that I've missed, like mm-hmm. The Whale. Uh, I've missed The Whale and a f- few other movies. And I'm like, well, this is an opportunity to watch something, right? And I started watching The Whale and I got about 10 minutes in. And I'm like, this is the wrong movie. For this um, situation. <laughs> I'm already anxious. Mm-hmm. I don't need to watch this. And I flipped around, tried to find something. And eventually I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go with something that's going to make me not feel anxious. And I started to re-watch for the third time Colin from Accounts. <laughs> so if you haven't watched that and you've got binge, for God's sake, please watch it 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 helped my anxiety on my flight they you know and it's 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 so funny to me because um we flew with uh Qantas which I think has a connection with binge because there was like binge advertisements everywhere you looked um and you know Harriet Dyer and um oh I'm gonna forget his name I want to say Brendan um but they did an interview and they're like, oh, we have to fly home for Christmas. So, you know, Colin from Accounts has just come out. We can't afford first class or anything like that. Do you think people are going to recognise us on economy? I don't know. I'm like, oh, huh, huh, they're going to recognise you because there's pictures and advertisements everywhere. with your faces on them everywhere. Um, brilliant. But anyway, yes, that's that's um, what I caught up on. Very cool. Well, shall we go to another break? I think it's a good time. And then keep talking about stuff. Should do. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. I did completely forget to mention that Lewis is not in the studio, except for that <laughs> small part where he just said that He's, and then he left. No, just yeah, <laughs> yeah, he just came in with just that quick thing but no he is away uh but he'll be back uh next week um i'm not sure if he's i think he might be seeing evil dead as well so i don't think anyone oh. will be seeing bo is afraid oh well we, we don't need to see it you get that um, you, you know um oh, tangenting um so it's my 10 year wedding anniversary today happy anniversary I know. we didn't do anything um but I it's it's tin or aluminium, right? So I bought Chris two aluminium cans of Dr Pepper, oh, and I wrapped it in aluminium foil. That's pretty cool. Mm, yep, yep. That's I mean, as as far as presents Dr. get. Pepper's He's like, pretty cool. oh, but I didn't get you anything. And I'm like, I'll oh, just wait until you open it before you say <laughs> say thank you. I didn't go out of my way. <laughs> no. So it's fine. <laughs> anyway, completely Love random. It. Let's move on to beef. Beef. What's your beef? My beef. You may have heard about this uh, new TV series which has hit Netflix. It's doing quite well with the audiences. So I thought, you know, I'm going to check this out. But uh, it's created by Lee Sung Yin and it begins with an incident in a hardware store parking lot. You've got Danny played by Stephen Yen. Uh, he nearly backs his truck into Amy's car uh, played by a comedian, Ali Wong. And she reacts by, you know, blaring her horn and flipping him off and all of those things that you do. So it's a little bit of a heated incident that probably didn't need to get as heated as possible. And this sets Danny off and he proceeds to chase Amy uh, through some oncoming traffic, through a garden (laughs) bed. And she, you know, outmaneuvers him a little bit as well. So she's, you know, playing the game too. Uh, She eventually drives off, but Danny does manage to get her number plate. Uh, And from here commences this kind of payback Uh, revenge feud (laughs) between the two. And we learn that their road rage 
they're just as bad as one another, these two characters. And we learn that it's really a result of other stresses in their life. I think most road rage incidences are. Exactly. Mm, um, you've yeah. got Danny. He's this struggling contractor, um, you know, from uh, his parents live in, uh, oh, I can't remember if it's the Philippines or somewhere, and he's trying to bring them over and, you know, make enough money to get them a house and all of this. And you've got Amy, an entrepreneur. She's quite successful, a bit of an influence if you like mm. uh, and she's trying to balance her work and family life and, and she's not doing that so well but uh, the revenge really spirals out of control as they you know attempt to settle the score between them and the simplicity I guess of the premise is that how it unfolds it's kind of organically advances right but it becomes more absurd as these guys make these really bad choices and retaliate. So they continue to retaliate. And so try things and, just get worse, right? Yeah, and they try and up, you know, up one another and try and do something more and more crazy. But as a result, you know, it begins to affect their entire life, their family, their friends, and it really goes down some interesting paths as we go through. And, you know, the two characters, while they, they kind of have more in common than they think, I think, and it's about trying to put their uh, differences aside and, um, you know, get get the pettiness out of this. But, yeah, I, I really like the way the story builds. It's quite absurd. Uh, it does feature a predominantly uh, Asian-American cast as well. So there's 10 episodes to this. They range from about 35 to 40 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but it is one of those series that keeps you kind of going. You want to see how this plays out. You want to see what's the next crazy thing this person's going to do. How far are they going to take it? Uh, so yeah, really enjoyable overall. And, and that's on Netflix, isn't it? Netflix, yeah, yeah, all 10 episodes. The series does end in a way that it could be finished, but it could mm. also continue. It's one of those endings where you go, oh, mm, what's going to happen from here? But I think a lot of series do that nowadays. Yeah, they do that just in case. Just in case. You know, how successful is this? Can we continue this or do we leave it where it is? But I have a feeling based on how well it's doing, they might bring it back for a season two. Don't know how, but... Uh, Sometimes I don't like it when that happens. Sometimes Neither. I feel like, you know, Leave it ends it. and it just should end. So um, I I watched a TV series called Tiny Beautiful Things, which is on Disney+, Plus, mm-hmm. um, because I popped on Disney just like to try and see if there was anything new and different to watch. And this popped up and I didn't know anything about it apart from the fact that Catherine Hahn, I'm like, Catherine Hahn was yes. in it. And I was like, well, I guess I'm watching this because I freaking love her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because she's in it and then her mother is played by Merritt Weaver, mm-hmm. who for some reason when I think about those two actors, I always think, geez, they look so much alike. So I wonder whether somebody else has thought this and like, well, let's get a mother-daughter duo here. And then when they're on the screen together on some occasions, I'm like, really, they have nothing in common apart from like a square jaw. But anyway, um, it doesn't matter. So Tiny Beautiful Things is based on a book written by Cheryl Strayed. Mm -hmm. Um, Now she is, yes, you do. (laughs) So a few years back, Reese Witherspoon developed uh, Wild from her um, own kind of autobiography. Um, Cheryl had a lot of issues with drugs um, and she has, uh, I think, a divorce and her mother dies and she goes on this Appalachian trail. So it's interesting that this... This movie kind of deals with, it goes back and forth in time um, with Claire and her relationship with her mother Mm -hmm. who also passes. Um, So there's that connection. There's also elements in the past where she's taken drugs. So there's that connection as well. And then she's having issues um, in the current present time with her husband. So it's there's a lot of elements that are very similar to the the issues that Cheryl Strayed has gone through um, in her life. Um, so basically Claire, Claire's life is not going very well. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got issues with her husband and then she bumps into an old friend um, who said, hey, I've got... I've got this job. Do you want it? Because she's a writer and she's not really writing. And it's as a columnist, a column, columnist. It's a advice column, basically. Yeah. 
called Dear Sugar. So he's been writing it, but, like, he's got no real connection to it and he feels like, you know, he should pass it on and she's a great writer, she'd be great at this. She's like, my life is, you know, an S-storm. I I cannot give advice when my life looks like this, but she does, obviously, because otherwise there's no series. And she kind of, through the letters that people send in, she kind of is working through her own traumas and the loss of her mother and lots of different things that have happened in her in her life so um it's only eight episodes and they're about 30 minutes long or 27 minutes long they're really short Mm. short sharp and to the point full on some of the episodes there's the element of comedy um but also most of it is kind of it's kind of drama um but it's you it definitely could continue there's yeah. no like there's no way you couldn't continue this at all um but with that said if it kind of ended i guess i'd be okay with that because yeah. it was really well done but it really has left me hanging oh. so um it's interesting so this is um so Reese Witherspoon obviously is uh, an executive producer on this and i wonder what her obsession is with small things because this is called Tiny Beautiful Things. Mm-hmm. Um, she also was in and part of and executive producing um, Big Little Lies <laughs> and um, Little Fires Everywhere. So well, there's a, like, theme. I Like, I know she's short, but this is, like, what is the connection going on here? But <laughs> anyway, it's, it's a little bit depressing. I shed a few tears, oh. but other than but it's a really beautifully made film, a TV series, and Catherine Hahn, obviously mm-hmm. fantastic. So that's on Disney Plus. Tiny beautiful things. The other depressing thing I watched this week, because <laughs> um, I love depressing stuff, uh, was MH370, the plane that disappeared. So mm. this is a mini series. I think there was only three episodes, and it's on Netflix. Um, I stupidly started watching this in Melbourne before I got on a oh, flight to go home. And you're an anxious flyer. And I'm an anxious. Fly. I'm just like. What an idiot move. Um, and it was even on the plane and I was like, no, it wasn't, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> that would have been really stupid, like, to have that on a plane. Um, but, yeah, it, obviously it's an enduring mystery. We really don't know what happened to that plane. There's a lot of different theories and this series kind of um, interviews lots of people, including people who have lost loved ones on that flight and looks at the different theories of what may have happened. There's no answer at the end, which is really annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, But it is interesting to break things apart because there's a lot that was talked about in the media about the pilot and about, you know, um, pieces of the plane being found um, off the coast of Africa, I think, um, Mozambique. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that's being talked about in the media, but it's interesting to have a look at this and see what's behind those reports. Yeah, because, where they come from. Yeah, yeah, and how accurate are they? Mm. And, you know, we've never really been able to hear from the family or people who know the pilot, mm. like, really, would he have done that? Yeah. It doesn't. So even though it's kind of, it's kind of like, I want to say Occam's Raisin, but I'm probably saying that wrong. Like, the, the simplest mm. answer is probably right yeah and the simplest answer is you know he decided to end it all and did it in a really inappropriate way I mean it's always inappropriate but yeah um but it just doesn't fly with his personality so but then there's all these outlandish like Russian spy type things and it's all over the place or is it just a case of a plane that's just gone missing and we can't find it well it's so it a plane shouldn't go missing in this day and age. That's, that's true. The, that's the argument. Like yeah. there's so many trackers and it did track it to a certain point mm. and then it disappeared. Yeah. And then so if you're interested in... Does it keep you gripped though? Like is it quite a compelling series? Because I've been, I've seen, I'm like, yeah, I love that kind of stuff. But is it compelling enough to keep you kind of... Um, Yes and no. Mm. It was okay. I okay. still watched it all. Yeah. Because I was interested. I wasn't like going to, once I start something, I, I want to finish it. But yeah. um, other than Ozarks, which is finished, and I really want to rewatch that because I watched like four episodes. I'm like, this is really great. And then I just stopped watching it for some reason. <laughs> um, so I have to actually finish that. Um, but yeah, it is good. Um, but it's not the best. I think Netflix really are 
pushing as many documentaries as possible, mm-hmm. like docu-series about, you know, killers or, you know, mysteries. And they just seem to be like throwing a lot yeah. at the wall because that's what people seem to be interested in. And not all of them are great, mm-hmm. but you get that. Um, I'm Because I was on Netflix and like, oh, what do, I, what do I watch? Just I want something on in the background and I have started re-watching Orange is the New Black and it's been quite a few years and so I'm getting to enjoy it for the not for the first time again because I remember everything that happened but this time around like I really hated Piper Mm. the first time I watched the series which is she's kind of the key character um but this time around I'm not hating her as much and I think it's because I accept that well that's just that's just who she is yeah um She's not exactly the most likable person, but, you know, not everyone is. Um, so I'm really enjoying re-watching that. Just in the last day, I've watched 11 episodes. And I think you're kind of experiencing... Ex- I can't speak today. Experiencing... Ex- I can't get my words out. I'm having an attack of some sort. You're kind of experiencing it from a different perspective now perspective you've seen it before so you kind of know what to expect yeah and you get to watch the the relationships develop again like you know the relationship between tasty and Pussy, have you yeah. seen? You've seen it, I've right? I've seen every all of it, and okay. I have actually considered rewatching because I'm yeah. looking for something that I know I like that I can just put on. Yes, and maybe this is the perfect well, this, thing. It is kind of perfect because you know the series reaches a crescendo mm. at some point, and Tasty is involved in that, and there's stuff with Pussy that is kind of connected with yes. with that. So it's interesting to go back and see like their friendship develop. Yeah. Um, knowing what you know now. Yeah, and also watching like where Pencil Tucky started as well and where she ended up. So lots of people have had very big changes Mm -hmm. throughout the series. So it is interesting to remember where they finished and where they started. So it it is a good rewatch. It certainly is. I think I might tap onto that. uh, Yeah. Um, But anyway, we should play our last sponsors and um, we'll come back and I'll give you a brief... Uh, about Mario. Looking forward to it. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Mario. I assume we're talking about Mario Kart. Is this right? Or is I this don't just... think it's called Mario Kart. It's um, not, but, but it's, it's Mario, um, the super... Super brother movie thing. I love that we're so not interested in this at all that we can't even get the title but of the movie that, correct. That the one that was... The Super Mario Brothers movie. Thank you. Or the Super Mario Bros. Full stop movie. Um, So this came out last week. Um, The screening for it was Wednesday last week. Couldn't make it because COVID. Um, And I noticed you guys missed it as well. We did. We were at another screening, the post-exorcist that night. So there was two screening and we were talking about this last week that Lewis and I just did not coordinate our movie screenings because we could have done one for one, but um, we just didn't think about it. Um, so I I did kind of want to see this movie just so I had something to talk about. Um, and when I went to Melbourne at Melbourne Central, there's all these amazing paintings um, from the movie. Uh, great advertising, wonderful yeah. advertising because I took photos of it, of course, and posted them on Facebook, on our Facebook page because they were really cool. Um, but in the end, I decided I don't want to see it enough to spend $21 on a ticket. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> so Chris went and took Bryce. So um, perfect combination because he had Nintendo growing up. I never did. So I would never have understood any of the references Mm -hmm. at all. Bryce is into Mario. He's got all the Mario Lego and stuff and he's, you know, knows who he is and everything and is the right age group. So, and he wanted to see it. So good for him too. So basically, um, if you are unfamiliar with Mario Brothers, don't feel bad. I'm kind of unfamiliar too. Um, So Bowser is the bad guy and he is played by Jack Black. And basically in this movie he is obsessed or wants to be with Princess Peach played by Anna Taylor-Joy. And then Mario and Luigi have to save her, I think. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And Chris Pratt plays Mario and Charlie Day is Luigi. Um, But, I mean... I don't know that you really need a proper like 
explanation of the plot. Um, you've also got like uh, a few other names dropped in there doing voices: Keegan, uh, Keegan Michael Key, Fred Armisen, Seth Rogen. Um, so you'll recognise those names. Um, sorry, those voices when you hear them. Um, Chris said it had really good soundtrack, like a really good 80s kind of soundtrack. And he's like, I don't really understand who that was for. And I'm like, well, it's for the people who grew up in the 80s. Yeah. Um, so he, had, he said it had the elements it needed to have for the kids and some of the ele- elements for the adults. But general, and, he, and there were lots of references in there for him <laughs> that he understood, but there was plenty in there for Bryce to enjoy as oh, well. So they both gave it the same score. Ooh. So four mushrooms. Four mushrooms. Which makes sense. So I think if you're into it, you're probably going to see it anyway, yeah. uh, especially if you've got a kid. Um, Chris said it's kind of ideal for six to 11-year-olds. Right, yeah. So, I mean, that's my review of Mario, kind of. I mean, technically I didn't see it, but it's it's a review because people oh, I know saw it. Exactly, and I think, you know, like you say, they're the audience for it. And yeah, you've got two, and I'm certainly not. And you've got two very different perspectives, one yeah. from a, someone who's a lot younger and then one someone who is a lot older as well. Well, so. Chris said randomly halfway through the movie, um, Bowser does this song about, Princess Peach, mm-hmm. uh, which he said was really cool because obviously it's Jack Black singing. Yeah. So, and Bryce, because he's, you know, he's a musician in, into, you know. Drumming. Drumming and like, you know, he likes Tenacious D, he likes School of Rock and Good. everything. So Good he point. was like super into the song as well. Good. So, you know. You're training him well. Well, School of Rock was the reason he got into music lessons Wow! because he always has been kind of musical and I thought eventually he would go there and then he watched that and he's like, yeah, that's it. I need to, I need, I need to. to get into it. Love so that. Jack Black, he's leading lots of kids astray in the right direction. Good. Very good. Sense? Well, no, it's good to hear that perspective because, yeah, you, I wasn't really sure who this was tailored for. Yeah. Um, Lewis briefly spoke about it last week, so he must have caught a screening at some point, unless I'm making this up. I don't know. but um, yeah. I haven't caught up on the episodes. I have only ever played Mario Kart um, more recently, actually, in my adult life, um, but through a drinking game. So that's, <laughs> that's very different. Well, that's more than me. <laughs> I, I was listening to classic music this morning, classical music this morning, and um, I was listening to whatever version and I was like, oh, this is, I feel like I know this song. And it was like a version of the Mario Brothers song. And I was like, well, that's, so I that's, know that much. So you know that. Dun, 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 dun. Anyway, we got there. We got. There. I'll I'll move on. Well, that pretty much wraps us up for the for the show, uh, peeps or unscripted nights. Unscripted nights. Did so you coined? Did, did you guys remember while I was away? We no, it's fine. Missed it for the first two episodes. We did last last week. We got it. Good job. Prior weeks, no, we did not get it. And we were like, damn, we forgot again, forgot again. And then I think we referenced it a few times last week's show. So we're, That's we're getting right. there. We're growing up. We're, yeah. we're, 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 we're working through our issues and um, <laughs> using the word now. Unscript tonight, thank you for joining us. And we will be back next week. You can jump onto thegentlemanofpopculture.com.au for past episodes. This episode will be up later. Uh, and, yeah, there's plenty of older episodes too if you want to go back and listen to some old film reviews from the past. Or just listen to us tangent. Or you can listen to Tangent City. Exactly. Or just down under. So many options. So many options. Um, We're like the Netflix of podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's just all our voices. (laughs) We'll see. Yeah, well, we'll... uh, You'll hear us. the microphones My God, we just, just wrap we're it up. We don't know how to wrap it up without oh, Lewis here. Stop. <gasps> See you guys. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.